Hello, this is Dennis Thomas with Things That Matter, where we speak about everything from faith to finance and all things in between. So I'm very happy to be here with you today. It's 2019. We've just started a brand new year, and I always love, one, thinking about the previous year, but also thinking about what this year is going to bring. I think this is one of those times as Americans, we are very optimistic about the future whenever we start a new year. And people speak about New Year's resolutions and things that you would like to do to set yourself up for a really great year. And I love that type of mindset and outlook on life. And it's something that we all should be thinking about on a regular basis all the time or as much as we could. I mean, even recently, I find myself thinking about and almost recording when are there times when I might have a negative thought about something, uh, just a negative feeling that I might have, a negative thought about not being able to accomplish something or being stressed out. And I try to be aware of it because I want to remove it from my life. And, and maybe it's a difficult task to remove it altogether, but if I could be aware of the times that I am thinking of something negative and just almost being conscious of the fact that it's happening, I think this will allow me to get rid of the mood a lot sooner and be able to think of something positive. So that's my little note <laughs> to everyone out there. But I did want to reflect on the year 2018 and my wife and I were thinking about this and it was just such a, a great year for us. I remember reading this book called The Battle Plan for Prayer, and it was really a book on on being strategic with your praying. And I know that I'm in a, a business world, and strategy is always something that gets spoken about. What are the objectives, and, and how do we make sure that everything that we're doing is lined up with the objective or lined up with the strategy? And here we are thinking about prayer, and sometimes we do this, and we're not totally uh, focused on really what we're trying to get out of the prayer. And I think with this book that I was reading, it was really trying to create a strategy. And I had things in there that I was looking to accomplish. And a lot of them came true in 2018. And one of those things that I was looking to do is I wanted to move into a high-level leadership position at work. And I placed a lot of time in uh, work into trying to prepare every evening putting an hour aside, sometimes two hours aside uh, throughout the week, Monday through Thursday, just studying and reading and trying to work on my craft and just be really great at what I do. And I think that this work ethic allowed me to move into that next level. And with that came a lot of other benefits as well. And I credit even just thinking about this. I was reading a book maybe two years ago, that my father gave me, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And in that book, is all about writing your goals down and thinking about these and, and how uh, people in the world that have accumulated wealth have thought like this. Uh, Rockefeller, uh, you know, people that, that fall into that category, they're people that thought about accomplishing these things. And I, and I think about even someone like Warren Buffett, for example. They're people that have thought about what they wanted to do with their lives, Steve Jobs, and they do it, they accomplish it, and that's where it starts with that thought process. So I think with the prayer, it's the same thing. And since I'm a, a person of God, that's the mindset I'm going to have is creating that strategy towards prayer and not hoping something that's, that's going to happen, but believing that it is going to happen. And I think this was something that helped me achieve 
that goal of getting to a high-level leadership position. It was putting the work in, the time in, focusing on it, letting people know what I wanted to do, letting people in the company know what I wanted to do. And when the opportunity came, I was ready for that situation. And this was not something easier. I didn't get it the first time around. I had to go through two interviews in order to get it the first time. I didn't get the position. And I still had to focus and push myself to know that this was something that I really wanted and something that I felt I was capable of getting. And the second time around, I was able to do that. And so with that came other benefits because once I accepted the position, I get a pay raise. And maybe that was something I was thinking about, not entirely. It wasn't really, I wasn't doing this necessarily for income. It was more for trying to accomplish something that was bigger than what I was doing at the time. But that came along with it. It's a nice benefit to have. Uh, I have a wife and I have three kids and my wife is a stay-at-home mom. So being able to support them financially was a great benefit that was added in addition to getting that that transition, that uh, promotion, basically. So I get the promotion. I get the pay raise. We had been praying for buying a new home. And I didn't know how this was going to happen, but it was something that I did pray about. It was something that I wrote down, uh, would view on a regular basis to try to accomplish. And here we are. The opportunity comes in 2018 to be able to purchase a new home. It was definitely supported by the company because they allowed us to do this relocation. What a cool moment for me to have all these things come to fruition and not only that, one of the biggest accomplishments that took close to two years to be able to attack, and this was something I started in 2016, which everyone knows about, is paying off my debt. And being able to do this move with paying off the debt, so doing it financially debt-free, doing it with the help of the company I work for, because you get a pay raise, you get... Uh, incentives for making this move. This allowed me to really pay everything else off. And at that point, I had been working for a year and a half, uh, a little bit more than that, to try to pay off and, and making really great strides with paying the debt off. And now I have this ability to take it even further and pay everything off. And that was such a great moment for my wife and I. I remember this little moment where I received the last debt that I had was a student loan. And I graduated college in 2004. So this student loan has been following me for so long. And I get an email from them with balloons and confetti saying, congratulations, you've paid your debt off. And this was the last item that I had. And what a great accomplishment, something I, I worked at day in and day out, something I prayed about, something I thought about often. I wrote it down. I spoke to people about it. I put work in. I mean, my wife and I still deal with uh, a bit of a struggle with this topic because we think differently about finances, but we were still able to come together to accomplish something that has been on my mind for a long period of time. And I was just super excited to be able to accomplish it. And not only that, just reflecting back on the work that it took to get there, the amount of time and dedication to putting a budget together and tracking transactions and having conversations, multiple conversations with my wife, uh, me reviewing information. Dave Ramsey was huge. Listening to to a podcast from him. I love listening to podcasts. You can listen to podcasts at any point in your day. 
there's some motivational, find ones that you love and jump on them because they're, they'll fill you with the information that you need to be able to be successful. Um, all knowledge comes by way of authority. So we're typically going to learn knowledge by other people. And that is the best way, I think, to begin to, to learn things because you don't necessarily make mistakes on your own. You can look at the mistakes of others or the success of others and use that to reward yourself. And that's essentially what I tried to do in that situation. So a great year for me, a great year for my family, and I plan to have a great year for 2019. Now, I haven't created any goals yet. I have one goal, which is maybe small but big for me, which is waking up earlier in the morning so that I'm not rushing out of the door and seeing my family for two seconds and uh, just being in, in this kind of like rat race so that's one thing I thought about. And I had to continue to think about other things that I would like to, goals I would like to accomplish. It's funny when you work at something for a long time and you do accomplish it, you're kind of like, oh, okay, you're just taking a breath and you don't know what you want to do next. And you'd also, I'm thinking, I don't know if I want to do something that was as taxing as what I did. Working to try to get a promotion was a lot of work. Working to pay off the debt was a lot of work. I mean, that's still ongoing because I'm doing the budget and I have to track my finances, but I guess it's better on this side than it is on the other side where you're climbing up the hill. <laughs> now you're just trying to make sure that you stay up there on the hill. But so I haven't thought about, uh, or I thought about a little bit, but I haven't completed what my 2019 aspirations or goals are going to be. It's something that I do need to think about because. You know, as Dave Ramsey says, you could wander into debt, but you can't wander out of it. So I think that you could wander into not making things happen, right? You could wander into uh, the woods and not know exactly where you are, and it's hard to wander out of there. But I do want to have a plan that I could follow and have a goal that I'm looking to accomplish, and then I could size up to see where I'm at in that quest in that task. So that's what I'm focused on right now. One thing that uh, I wanted to to talk about too, I was reading an article and it came, it popped up on uh, my email. People make fun of me by the way because I have an AOL email account which I'm totally proud of. I didn't know that one gets judged by their email account. So now I have a Gmail account too so that I don't get judged. But I have an AOL account. I think I was going onto my AOL account to look at something and I was I saw I saw an article come up and it it brought me back a little bit cuz this article was about filler words and it says that Americans use filler words quite often. And we think we use words like um uh, you know, and one of the ways that we could try to remove filler words. And I remember reading a book called The Exceptional Presenter by Timothy Cagle. And in that book, I learned how to remove filler words. Now, I'm not perfect at this, but I feel I do a, a pretty good job of not using filler words as I speak. And one of the ways that this article said to remove it is, one, you have to think and, and understand, how often are you doing this? How often are you using filler words when you speak? And one of the ways that the book taught me when I was reading the book was, if you leave a voice message for someone, so you call someone and you're expecting them to answer, but 
Let's say they don't answer and you have to leave a voice message. At that point, it's not necessarily set up. You're just speaking and you're leaving a message about something. It could be a friend, it could be a family member, it could be a coworker, colleague. And instead of sending the message at first, one of the things that you can do is listen to the message. So sometimes at the end of the message, they have prompts which allow you to listen to the message before you send it. And so what I would do is sometimes leave messages. And it was funny because you call someone, you're expecting them to answer, they don't. And now all of a sudden I'm thinking, oh boy, I'm going to leave a message and now this is recorded. I have to play it back. So now as you're speaking, you're taking your time because you don't want to use filler words. So you're trying to, you're aware of the fact that you might be using filler words. So I would leave these messages and in the beginning, I would just leave the message and then you listen back to me like, okay, I was using a little bit more than I thought. And after a while, when I was starting to practice not using filler words, that's when I needed to pause a little bit before I spoke. If I was trying to think of something, I try to tell my little son this whenever he says, um, or uh, pause. It's not too long. Sometimes it feels like forever, but pause, gather your thoughts, and then speak. And so that's one way to be able to check to see if you are using filler words is by leaving a voice message for somebody and listening to it. You could also record yourself as you're speaking. Another way that I was able to check to see how many filler words I was using, I would listen, not listen to myself, but as I was speaking to someone in casual conversation, a friend, I would kind of review the conversation or I would be listening to the other people, other person speak to see how many times they were using filler words. And as you do this, you realize people use it quite often. It becomes this normal word that we use in our language, but it's not normal, right? But it is something that we use and it's something that can be corrected. And I think it's funny, I was at work and I'm doing a presentation and one of the girls acknowledged the fact that you did that so smoothly, you didn't use any filler words. And I was like, thank you, but I worked at it. This was not easy for me to be able to accomplish, but it required work. And one of the ways that I was able to do that was by listening to myself after I leave a voice message, listening to people as they speak, how many times they use filler words, how many times I use filler words. And this is how I began to fix it. And what I started to do was, as I was aware of it, I would be able to remove it. And I think this is a practice that still sticks with me to this day because I kind of trained myself to look for the word. So when I speak now, I typically pause before I say something if I don't want to use that, um, uh, you know. So that's a little bit of information that can be helpful, especially for any of us that speak to people for work, for personal, for pleasure, to promote something, that is always necessary. And I think that probably applies to every one of us. So, But thank you for a great 2018. Thank you for those that listen. These are my personal thoughts. I think another thing I didn't even think about is being able to do this podcast. In 2018, I had this as a goal, an idea, and I didn't know how to do it. And sometimes it doesn't matter how, because there's a million hows, as Brooke Castillo says. She's a life coach. But it's why. Why do you want to do something? And I love being able to share my thoughts with people. And I like to read a lot. I like to listen to things. 
And for those that know something, know anything, should do a podcast. I read that in an article too. <laughs> but thank you for listening to my podcast, listening to my thoughts. I feel honored to hear people uh, respond back to some of the episodes or to see those that have listened to it. It's definitely uh, humbling for me to be able to get that type of feedback. And this is an accomplishment for myself too because I'm sharing personal things on here. And again, it is humbling to be able to get on a podcast and share anything with people and hope that they agree with your thoughts and they don't think that you're silly or don't know what you're talking about. But I feel really happy to be able to share things with others and I appreciate everyone listening. So I will see everyone again, talk to everyone again. Have a a great day and a great 2019. Thank you.